0: Welcome to Season 2 of Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. This season is dedicated to interviews with mayoral and city council candidates running for the city of Powell River within the Cothed region during the 2022 municipal election. Here's your host, Aaron Reed.
1: Hello, and welcome to Coastal Currents. I'm your host, Aaron Reed. Today, joining me in the studio is Mr. Robin Murray. Robin is running for the position of Councillor with the City of Powell River. Here is Robin's submission. Robin was born in a small town in Saskatchewan and moved to Vancouver to finish high school. After living in Vancouver, Toronto, and a few other places across Canada, Robin moved to Powell River in the late 90s with his sweetie, Karen. For the past 24 years, Robin has worked at a hotel for two years in the beginning, Malaspina College for three years as restaurant manager for the Culinary Arts Program at Brooks High School. He started a restaurant and catering company for a short time, and has been an independent contractor as a gardener, landscaper, house painter, painter, handyman for going on 18 years. He has been a board member of the Third Crossing Society and also was the chair of the Film Society in the past. Robin believes in being open and honest and thinks government should be the same. Being fiscally responsible, maintaining roads and infrastructure, keeping neighbourhoods safe and using common sense to look after our environment in a sensible way which doesn't cause undue hardship on residents and the city is of utmost importance to him. He believes in democracy, defending the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the rights of residents to be heard and standing up to discrimination. He loves Powell River and the area and wants to keep the amazing and friendly Powell River a prosperous community for generations to come. Please join me in welcoming Robin Murray. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for me here. So, to start off, I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, childhood, that kind of thing.
0: Sure. I was born and raised in a small town in Saskatchewan, about 20 miles off the U.S. border. And uh, it had a population of about uh, 500 on a Sunday. Oh, wow. That's when everybody came into church. <laughs> uh, so it was a very small town. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice little town. It completely different than the, than the West Coast. I moved here to Vancouver when I was about 15 and finished grade 10, 11 and 12 in uh, at uh, King George High School down in the West End of Vancouver. Okay. Which was a completely different change from uh, a small town Saskatchewan f- from 500 people to uh, 40,000 people in one square mile.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And uh, it was wonderful. It was a, it was an interesting time to be there. The West End was in kind of transition time. But our school was the uh, second smallest in the, the Vancouver school system. And uh, we had students from 50, 52 different countries directly. Like we had kids from Vietnam who were boat people. They fled uh, Vietnam after the, uh, the communists took over. We had uh, kids from Soviet Union who, who were able to get out. Uh, Poland uh, just after uh, Yurzovsky, 79, 1980, 81 time. We had uh, kids from Australia, South Africa, a lot of friends from uh, Uganda where Idi Amin uh, was uh, persecuting their people, the, the Ismailis. So they, uh, the Canadian government at that time made it easy for the Ismailis to come to Canada. And so there was a lot in Vancouver. and Wonderful. It, it was a fantastic school because it was... Uh, That's so much diversity. It was. There was, uh, you know, it was from all over the world. It was like a little United Nations. It was funny because they always said, Hey, you going to play basketball? And I was like, well, in Saskatchewan, they all played hockey at that time. And no one <laughs> wanted to play basketball. So I couldn't <laughs> play basketball. And the team there was uh, ended up in grade 12 uh, winning the bc championships and uh, center he got a uh, scholarship to ubc for the uh to play on the thunderbirds so it was amazing little school but it was highly competitive just amazing sports wise wow. uh, the soccer team was amazing being from saskatchewan i didn't play unfortunately so i missed out on that part but volleyball and uh uh, a lot of other stuff was went on.
1: Did you do hockey when you were in Saskatchewan? When you were little, or no?
0: I was probably the only kid that came out of Saskatchewan that didn't play hockey. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a number of different things that happened that I just didn't play.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not everybody's yeah. thing, right?
0: And uh, so then I graduated from uh, King George there. And uh, then I went on Katimovic. It was a federal youth program running back then. It still sort of runs now, but it's very small. And at the time, it was... Uh, kids from uh, 17 to 21 years old from all across the country so there's a dozen of us uh, there's uh, some from quebec some from ontario uh one from the maritimes one or two from the maritimes a few prairie prairie kids and uh, uh two of us from the coast or not from the coast but from bc hmm. and uh so the first location we went to is in uh, the okanagan for three months then we went to ontario just outside of toronto for three months and uh in BC, uh, in the Okanagan, we worked at uh, Summerland. Uh, there's a government research station there, and uh, for uh, uh, fruit and uh, vineyards. And so they, we were I worked in the vineyards all day long and uh, uh, pruning the, uh, the the vineyards and the vines. And uh, a couple of the other guys they worked in where they were crushing them and actually making the wine. And then we also picked the fruit as well. And it was a, it was a, it was a fun little summer.
1: That's hot work though. Oh god, yes. Oh my oh, goodness. yeah, it gets hot. Wow.
0: Uh, then in Ontario, the uh, the school I worked at was uh, uh, very similar to what uh, Prackle does here, uh, or inclusion I should say. So we worked with uh, the students that I worked with were about 14 to 18 years old, needing quite a bit of help. So that was a, a different experience and uh, learned to uh, uh, see a different side of life, which was wonderful. Yeah, get an appreciation of how lucky we are, how lucky we are to be able to uh, look after ourselves. Right. Uh, then we went to uh, Quebec and uh, middle of winter we were out there making Jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah 40 below oh. uh, 25 30 below with a chainsaw out there making uh, cross-country ski trails no kidding yeah, oh. yeah. We, we hooked up the uh, the uh, it was a big Belgian bel- uh, Belgian uh, workhorse to a sled and we threw all of our supplies in the back and we headed out to the trail which was about 20 minutes out from the uh, where the uh, the trailhead was to get to where we worked all day and then we headed back. And oh. It was different than living in the West End, that's for sure. No
1: kidding. <laughs> but what an amazing experience.
0: It was, it was. Yeah, it was incredible.
1: Wow. I never did anything cool like that.
0: <laughs> There's still a chance.
1: <laughs> I'm not dead yet, right? <laughs> so what kind of work have you done?
0: After that, I got into hotels and restaurants where I worked for uh, basically about 20 years, mainly in the banqueting and catering departments catering or looking after groups from 10 people uh, luxury, uh, in little luxury hotels all the way up to uh, big conventions of one, 2,000 people. Cool. Uh, then when I uh, moved up here, uh, I was working at the, uh, I don't know, it's called the Town Centre Hotel now.
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, okay. worked
0: there for a couple of years, and then I was uh, lucky enough to get hired on by uh, Malaspina University College as their restaurant manager for uh, three years. And there we had a little restaurant in Brooks School, and which where we, we had uh, lunches on a daily basis, and then we had special dinners like uh, uh, Valentine's lobster dinner, the Christmas buffets, the uh, oyster fest, where we had like five hundred people show up in the afternoon, and uh, the students all made all the food, and we had music. The Kennedy twins, who we're seeing at the Country Music Awards now, yeah, they were playing there.
1: Wow.
0: Uh, <laughs> during the uh, the the dinner, it was amazing.
1: I miss oyster okay. fest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was great. It's, uh, it was a lot of work, and uh, we were lucky that uh, the the two uh, chef instructors that I worked with, uh, Xavier, uh, for the college, and uh, Mike for Brooks, they both had a lot of experience uh, doing big big functions. So we were able to uh, pull it all together uh, quite nicely, and we worked together very very well. Nice. Um, but but after that, it was uh, uh, different uh, different people with different experience, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a different experience putting on a big event like that.
1: For sure. Absolutely.
0: Then after that, I left and uh, we started a little restaurant uh, out of the old, what's now uh, the old courthouse, and uh, ran that for about a year, a small little, uh, tried to make it a high, high-end restaurant with uh, fine dining. Yeah. And at the same time, we also did catering. So we would do uh, weddings at the Beach Gardens or at the uh, uh, Dwight Hall. or uh, uh, We did the all of the catering for the uh, cultural capital of Canada, functions that were going on in the uh, winter of uh, 2005 I think it was okay. the restaurant was quite small so it was a, it was hard to make a uh, hard to make a buck
1: right. and
0: uh, so the, the 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 restaurant would drain all the money would bring in from the catering so we ended up closing the restaurant but uh Karen my wife and I we continued uh, part-time catering uh weddings and Christmas parties for about three years hmm. after that and then uh during that time period that transition uh, I started doing uh, home and yard maintenance and so I do uh uh, lawn care uh, hedge trimming tree pruning mainly house painting now but I also do uh, irrigation installations and repairs and uh, other handyman work for uh, for a few clients that I've had for quite a few years
1: that's a big shift from the kitchen to uh to the maintenance
0: it is yeah it's uh, well it uh, it happened uh, because uh, when we closed the restaurant I kind of looked around as to where where can I make a living because I love living in paul River right. uh, we came up here over 20 years ago and Fell in love with it. It's kind of like what Vancouver would have been like 50 years ago, and the people nice and friendly. It's a wonderful, wonderful community. We wanted to stay, and so I looked around at what uh, what I could do to to make some income, and uh, I just kind of threw my hat out there, and the phone started to ring. And hey, can you cut a lawn? Absolutely. Hey, nice. Uh, I'll be over tomorrow. Okay, great. See you then. Hung up the phone. Hun, I got to go buy a lawnmower. Okay. <laughs> Literally, this we just had uh, a little tiny lawn, like our our, our yard. We've uh, taken most of the the lawn out, and we just have a little lawn in the middle, and it's a beautiful spot. It's like a little Stanley Park. It's an uh, incredible uh, landscape now, but uh, we didn't have a lawnmower. We just borrowed the neighbors, uh, so I had to go out and buy a lawnmower. And then, hey, can you cut my uh, uh, trim my hedge? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. I can. I can do that. So go get a hedge go trimmer. And I just bought equipment as I needed it. I didn't want to invest $10,000, $20,000 in equipment and find out it didn't work. Right. So uh, uh, power washing, uh, got the uh, power washer when it was on sale and uh, just went out and power washed. And uh, everything always had to make money right off the bat. Like it had to pay for itself. Right. Uh, There there wasn't going to be any uh, credit for this kind of thing.
1: Smart way to do it.
0: I was lucky that it's uh, there's a lot of business for. It. There's a lot of seniors needing help, working people that uh, are just too busy to look after a lot of the stuff. Yeah. And uh, it just continued to grow. It's uh, they different people come into the biz and uh, uh, for a couple of years, and then they go off and do something else. Um, there's a few who who had been doing it. There's still one guy who's been doing it for like 25 years now in town. He's trying to retire, but he, the phone just keeps ringing because people need uh, need the help so much. Yeah. And, uh, if anybody's interested out there and wants a good job, uh, <laughs> there's lots of business in gardening, especially weeding and lawn care.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. I hate mowing my lawn, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what initially brought you to Powell River then?
0: We were, uh, living in the West End in Vancouver, a beautiful location right across the street from Stanley Park. It's busy and noisy down there. And, uh, we always found ourselves, uh, going out hiking on the weekends. We'd go to, uh uh gross mountain or up cyprus or other places and go uh hiking for the day and uh just to get away because we do both uh, that's how we met is uh, a friend uh, uh set us up on a blind date because we were so similar and, and loved to hike that was one of the things we liked
1: wow a blind date that actually worked
0: yep totally <laughs> impressive 30 years we just uh, uh, past the 30 year mark here wow. this month
1: congratulations thank you that's impressive
0: and uh, so we uh, were looking at small towns to move to, and uh, we were discussing a few places. We, we liked the uh, the lower coast, but there was really no jobs there at the time That for what we were doing. I was uh, uh, working in the hotels, and uh, Karen is a, a chef. And uh, so the summer times, there's the, the tourism industry, so there's always jobs there. But after September, the jobs kind of drop off. Right. So we uh, uh, looked at some different places, and uh, we came up here and looked around. Uh, she had been up here about 40 years ago uh, a couple of times and said, yeah, there's Paul River's a beautiful little place. And so we came up here on a beautiful blue sky, sunny day at the end of June and uh, <laughs> looked around and went, oh my God, this is like Vancouver 40, 50 years ago and there's no one here. <laughs> this is beautiful. And we uh, just fell in love with it. It was just it was like, we've discovered all the hiking trails. And well, what happened is we came up, looked around and we we're like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Yeah, let's do it. So we went back to the city, handed in our notices uh, for our jobs and for our apartment. And within one month, we had the place packed up and moved up to, uh, everything was put in storage at uh, Sunshine Shelf storage south of here. And then we camped for two months Wow! and just discovered the all of the beautiful camping spaces and uh, we camped at Willingdon for a little while, dinner rock for a week or so couple other little lakes where we had it completely to ourselves for, for a week completely before anybody even showed up. Nice. And we'd go hiking on the trails and uh, relax and go fishing. It was fantastic.
1: I wonder if you could do that now. I bet you, you couldn't get a lake to yourself for a week now.
0: I think you'd have to hike up quite a high.
1: I think so. Yeah. Really high. <laughs> 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 so what neighborhood is it that you live in within the city?
0: Uh, we live in Westview, over by, uh, closer to the uh, college. Okay. So Manitoba and Massett, which is actually quite funny how we uh, how we ended up there, is we were renting a house, or part of a house, uh, behind the uh, City Hall area. The first year we had enough savings to uh, take some time off, so we took most of the year off and we'd go hiking and uh, just, just enjoying ourselves. A lot of reading yeah. and relaxing, and we would go for a walk at least once a day, and we would walk the entire town, discovering Wildwood, Townsite, Cranberry, Westview... Every street. I think we have been down, up and down every street when we were walking, and all the little trails around the area. It, it got to the point where we'd head out the door and go, "Where should we head? Oh, let's, let's, let's head over that way." And we would kind of end up over in that little neighborhood around the college area. And then it was kind of like, "Where should we go? Oh, well, let's, let's, let's wander down that that Manitoba Street. Let, let's." see. Yeah, there's something both is special about this street. There's something. There was something drawing us. I don't know what it was, but it was like, if anything comes available between uh, uh, Masset and Nootka, we want it because it's got a beautiful view. It's just it had this beautiful feeling. And there, there was just so many, we got to know so many wonderful people on that street. Right. And it was just a friendly, nice neighborhood. Yeah, just a magical feel. And a lot of the locals uh, who have since been, passed away. They always said that there was always something magical about Manitoba. The other ones like Gordon and stuff were great and uh, nice people and everything like that, but there was just something magical about that one street. And they always tell the story. Why, well, you know, when we were young and we were building the house, we had there were 72 kids in this one block. <laughs> <laughs> so they all grew up there. They all went to Gordon Park uh, School, which is now the university. Yeah. And the the whole neighborhood was full of kids. It was just a, a wonderful time. And uh, but, but but when we moved there, we were in our mid thirties, and we were the only we were the youngest kids. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until uh, the wet, the new Westview School was uh, being uh, uh, talked about being built that uh, one or two families started to move in. Now we've got lots of great young families with kids running around. And it's it's so nice to have the young life and young spirit back in the neighborhood.
1: I understand that. That same sort of thing happened on our street. So it, I feel like it just goes in ebbs and flows of generations, right?
0: It seems that way.
1: But that's, that's really cool that you guys were able to choose your neighborhood that way. I mean, how many people get to roam around and just find where it feels right? It's kind of, I mean, now you can't do that. Now it's like we might be able to afford that house. Let's try and buy it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was something uh, amazing about the uh, the serendipity of it all. It was just like it was it was meant to be. Right. Like it was the worst house on the neighbor on the block, <laughs> and it needed a lot of work. And we're still picking away at it, to, at doing this or that. But it's uh, uh, you can fix a house, but you can't fix the neighborhood or the view.
1: True. Well, you can yeah. fix
0: the neighborhood a bit, but you can't. Yeah. Change it too much.
1: What would be your favorite places to spend time within the city? My backyard. Okay.
0: Down at the beach, walking along the seawall. It was, it was nice when it was when the seawall was put in because we used to spend so much time on the Vancouver seawall. Mm. And uh, but we used to walk the beach um, before the seawall was built, and it was kind of disappointing when the seawall was first built because it was uh, there were some beautiful spots that we used to just walk down beautiful sandy spots we'd go swimming there and it was great Mm -hmm. but as soon as the seawall was put in the 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 beaches were destroyed in that area but the seawall is uh, amazing because it brings out so many people Uh, beforehand it was uh, just the diehards who would walk the beach now everybody of every age can walk uh, walk along the seawall and see the amazing views and yeah it's incredible
1: now, if only it was marked better so people could actually find it. But
0: Whoa. yes, <laughs> we'll have to work on that.
1: <laughs> what made you decide to put your name in for city council?
0: Uh, I've just been uh, watching uh, governments—federals, uh, provincials, uh, local—for the last uh, couple of years here, and uh, it seems like the, uh, the the local government is the most responsive to the people. And uh, you know, you can uh, try and deal with the feds, and uh, sometimes they'll answer, sometimes they won't. But as a local. Uh, local government it's you can see the uh, your councillor walking around the streets or driving down the streets and uh you can go to the city council you can watch what they're talking about you can follow like I've been going to city council since uh on a regular basis since the beginning of uh May okay. and uh, some of the, it was interesting to see some of the things that they were talking about some uh, developments and stuff like that or a board of variance decisions and changes and stuff like that they were talked about the first one and I was listening and going what are they talking about that's just I know the building they're talking about. But why are they even bothering with this? And shouldn't it go a lot quicker? And, uh, and so, in the last couple of the ones that I've been to, it's gotten to the point where they're talking about that development actually coming online, or uh, the uh, they've been interacted with the neighbors, and uh, you get to watch the process right. when you go on a regular basis. I guess it's just wanting to uh, help out the community and uh, add a fresh face to the uh, to the lineup.
1: Yeah, you definitely learn a lot more by going and listening to the conversations as opposed to just reading the minutes or seeing what's in the paper. There's a lot more that goes into just a condensed version. So That's for sure. That's Absolutely. For
0: sure. And it's different going to the meetings rather than just uh, dialing it in and watching it online.
1: Right. Yeah. So with that being said, what issues are top of mind for you as you go into the selection?
0: People seem to be talking about taxes, of course. We've got very high taxes in this town. It's a beautiful town. We got to maintain it somehow. It is expensive to run. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, the worry about the the mill. What's going to happen with the mill? Because there's a lot of uh, tax dollars come in from there. Um, there's a lot of people worrying, thinking about that, worrying about that. Uh, and uh, something that concerns me as well. It'd be nice to keep the taxes lower or get a get some businesses in there or some sort of industry to to make up for what the uh, the mill has been looking after for so many years like it's been uh, a little golden egg to uh, to be able to have the revenue from that to look after the town for sure and uh, so we need to find some way of uh, bringing some sort of industry whether it's the the hydrogen plant that the that is in, talked about is and some other things as well crime unfortunately is getting up there we were broke into four years ago before uh, the supportive housing was brought in mm. which there, a lot of people are talking about right now but uh Yeah, we were uh, uh, both at work one afternoon uh, and uh, we'd left a little window open in the basement because nothing ever happens in the neighborhood. Mm. So within a matter of 10 minutes or whatever it was, they were in and out of the house and took uh, iPads and cameras and coins and dollars and heirloom, a few pieces of heirloom jewelry, which uh, Mm. unfortunately were never never to be seen again. I don't care about the uh, the electronics, but... uh, yeah, having someone rifle through your underwear is uh, kind of a little sick feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. That's uh Thanks. yeah. That's rough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is unfortunately. And there's so many it's so much going on right now. It's uh it's uh would be nice to find a way of uh controlling it. Yes. Um it's uh, like I watched uh Vancouver used to be I used to when we when I lived in the West End I'd hop in a bus and go down to uh, Hastings Street and go to Woodward's or go to uh, the Army and Navy and uh, not really think anything much of it. And it was a little rough uh, in the evenings, because was, uh, but it was nothing too bad. Right. During the mid-90s, the uh, crack em- epidemic uh, started and uh, the, the neighbourhood changed drastically to the point that uh, I wouldn't uh, go down there at night. I had a friend who moved into a single-room occupancy place and we went down to pick him up to go hiking one day. And it was just like an eye-opener. It's like, what happened to this neighborhood? It's like a, people falling all over and yelling and screaming. And, and now it's gotten, you know, it's uh, the heroin uh, and opioid epidemic has just caused the area to go crazy. Right. And I see a little tiny bit of that happening here. And I, I, I hope to be able to do something to uh, slow it down or stop it, hopefully. And uh, keep our beautiful little town the way it is because it's it is a little gem it's a little piece of paradise here
1: yeah for sure
0: and we need to protect it.
1: are there uh, certain strengths that you possess that you feel would be really valuable to have around the council table?
0: I listen well I'm honest I can make a decision <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's always a good thing <laughs>
0: yeah well it's uh, you know it's uh, when we when we closed the restaurant down I had to look eight people in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I have to let you go because there ain't enough business to keep the doors open. And doing that is quite hard, but uh, sometimes a decision like that has to be made.
1: Yeah, the tough decisions. Yeah. I know myself as a voter, I always hope that what I see around the table when the election's done is a very varied variety of people around the table because lots of different perspectives are really important to represent a community. On the flip side of that, often what happens is conflict arises. So how do you deal with conflict?
0: I get along with most people fairly well, quite well. Working for 20 years in the hotel and restaurant industry, <laughs> uh, you're uh, trained to uh, to deal with people right. and to uh, look after people. So in that kind of end of things, uh, I am very diplomatic. You have to be, there has to be a, given, a give and take. And uh, you have to be able to look at the other side of the story too. And I, I always try to look at the other side of the story. Like this, The name change is a huge issue for a lot of people. Yeah. For myself, it's not a big deal. It's uh, because I did not grow up here. For the first couple of years that I lived here, I thought Powell was uh, Baden Powell from the uh, uh, the Boy Scouts.
1: Actually, so did I. <laughs> I didn't know. I so was, did I. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, I understand Talamon's request uh, for wanting the change. And uh, and I also understand the, uh, the locals who grew up here, born here, raised here, lived here, raised their families here, and have always known it as Powell River. And uh, I totally understand uh, why they want to keep it as Powell River because it's always been Powell River. And uh, um, so I, I see both sides, and uh, um, I would be happy with it, with it, like they did in the lower coast, um, uh, putting both names up there. And uh, I think that would be respectful to both communities. And and, and as an, uh, my ancestry is Irish, Irish, and the, the, the British uh, uh, starved us to death, tried to. And that's how a lot of the Irish ended up in uh, Canada, the U.S., Australia, and elsewhere around the world through the, uh, through the uh, potato famine mm. during that time period. And uh, so there was a lot of uh, colonialism there, to say the least. And, um, but after they've uh, Ireland, uh, uh, the southern part, uh, got their independence, there are some places where they've changed the names back to the Irish names. And uh, I think that's wonderful. So it's, uh, and some are known by both names. So it's uh, I understand why Telamon wants to change, and I understand why the locals, a lot of locals, want to keep it the same. And uh, I agree with both sides. But I think in the end, the people of Powell River needs to make that decision as to whether it changes or not. Because I believe in democracy. Okay. That's the way it is. Yeah.
1: That's that was one of my questions. Actually, it was I was saving that one for last because it's a doozy. But that's. but it was getting covered either way so it's good (laughs) our youth aren't able to vote however they are an important part of our community Uh, we have little for them to do outside of sports arts and the outdoors and many teens and young adults aren't into those things so do you have any ideas of ways we can address the lack of spaces for teens and young adults to hang out and be better supported and this one actually comes from youth
0: Excellent. Yeah, that's a good question. It's, uh, I think the first thing is uh, uh, turn off the TV, put the computers down, put the laptops down, the uh, iPads and the uh, your phones. Go outside. Enjoy the beautiful scenery of this area and, and realize how lucky we are to live here, how lucky you are to live here. This is paradise, absolute paradise. People from around the world would literally die to be here, a lot of people. And uh, it's easy to look out and go, oh, there's nothing to do. And, you know, as a kid, I used to do that too, I'm sure. Um, but uh, when I got, when, it was funny, when I moved from, uh, like, Vancouver, there's everything going on. I got into hiking and got into canoeing, uh, got into uh, all of the outdoor stuff. Like, it was a, that, that was my plan, was to be an outdoor instructor. Uh, mm. I was going to go to Cap College and take the outdoor rec program, and life changed, and I ended up not doing it. <laughs> but uh, I just do it on my own. There's... You know, it's it's. Uh, I think it's uh, people want are always like watching TV is like uh, watching the Kardashians and like oh my God their life is so wonderful they look at the, they've got everything going on. Yeah, well it's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, learn to appreciate what you have and how lucky we are to live in this beautiful spot. Hang out with your friends, get to know your friends. Yeah, I think that there should maybe be a uh, more. Uh, like a youth uh, a youth center um there should definitely be a youth center or something like that on a permanent basis a hundred percent not necessarily for games or whatever, but you know you could have uh, learn how to build computers and uh, build robots uh, like a a maker lab yes, something yeah. like a ma- yeah. a maker lab that would be really cool. I don't know what do you what do you want to do?
1: I know I think back when I was growing up here and I was a teen. We had an arcade, with the pool hall. So there was an indoor space to be. The mall was open till nine o'clock on Friday nights. So the mall was a dry place to be. At this point right now in 2022, there isn't an indoor space for teens to gather and hang out. So they go to the beach and they party. It goes back to your crime, your crime issue to a point. I mean, most of our youth are really good.
0: Most are awesome.
1: But when they get bored and when they've got nowhere to be that's when sometimes they make their own fun that's not what we like so
0: this is true yeah. that's definitely
1: like, where their question came from because i know the the children and the teens that i spoke to had said that you know there's a lot of focus in elections on seniors because we have such a large senior population in town but i think they feel like they get forgotten about a little bit in the shuffle so
0: yeah it'd be nice to have uh, uh, funding available to uh, to have a center like that for them like in vancouver we used to have uh, uh, neighborhood houses and uh it was uh it was uh, i'm not sure how many there's eight of them the team um but we had one in the west end called gordon house and uh, uh one of the things that they ran out of there was the uh, the youth program and uh, that's where we got into where i got into uh, the uh, uh hiking and canoeing and uh, they would take us out camping and uh, uh cross-country skiing and uh, all kinds of different stuff it was, it was awesome cool. but then, then during the daytime they had uh, programs for young mums and for families for immigrants coming in hmm. and uh, really tried to help out uh, people in different ways and uh, so you know we've got a number of different buildings in town here which are sort of empty they would make great even the rec complex it could be there's space there to to do something on a uh, for a youth basis
1: yeah okay thank you <laughs> next question Have you read the 94 Calls to Action put out by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada? And how do you think our city is doing with regard to truth and reconciliation?
0: No, I haven't. Um, I haven't gotten around to it. I read read a lot, but I haven't got to there yet. (laughs) I think uh, the Paul River is doing very well uh, on truth and reconciliation. Of course, there's always room for improvement. I think life is all about uh, moving forward and reflecting on the past uh learning from history uh, i think that's one of the big problems is people don't learn from history they just kind of uh, look at it and move on and don't really realize uh, what's happening now right yeah i think you know it's there's room there's always room for improvement and there's uh, we need to learn to work together you know we're all human beings uh there was a lot of crap that the uh, the federal government did over the years and provincial governments as well um and they also, uh, during uh, World War One, um, they they interned uh, the Ukrainians and uh, Eastern Europeans because they were enemies of the state. WW two, they uh, interned the Japanese. All wonderful people, but they were interned because they were considered to be enemies of the country, right. which was wrong. It was totally wrong. And uh, what what has happened with the Aboriginal peoples is uh, a, a lot of wrongdoing on parts of the government and uh, some of the churches. Are, are some people in the churches. There's a lot of healing that people need to do.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of evil that people have definitely done to each other. Oh, look at that. One major concern of electors is rising taxes. We talked about that. (laughs) (laughs) The question I've been asking is if you have any ideas on how taxation could be held without cutting current services.
0: That's a tough one. You know, everybody wants... uh, A lot of people complain about the cost of the, the fire department, And there's going to be a a referendum on the new fire hall. The old fire hall is old. Like we need something new, a really nice one. uh, You know, uh, getting a Cadillac. uh, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, a good Chevrolet or a nice, a nice Ford would be great. (laughs) Uh, Along those lines, uh, like we definitely need a a new one because this old one is inadequate, totally inadequate. People complain about wages. There's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of downloading uh, from the provincials and the federal governments, and uh, so w- like with the fire department, they go out to every uh, call that comes in for the for the ambulance. And I have to say that I am totally thankful for uh, them being here and being able to help. Like the summer we had, uh, beginning of the summer, my wife was in an, an accident and uh, badly broke her leg quite badly, oh. and uh, thankfully the ambulance and the fire department was there within ten minutes, and they looked after like gold it was wonderful so i'm so appreciative that they're there for us mm-hmm. is there room for improvement to reduce some costs somewhere along the along the line yeah i think so that's something we have to look at but uh, you know when uh, when you need them you're really appreciative that they're there yeah and the reason that the the, uh, the fire department goes out to all of these is because the, uh, the provincial government has uh, cut back a lot of stuff so they downloaded stuff and they've done other mandates and stuff like that, like the uh, the ambulance service, we're down to one full time throughout the day and only one half time, uh, like th- throughout uh, just during daytime. Uh, whereas uh, in times past, there used to be three, uh, three ambulances on call. So if something happens uh, north of town, something happens in town, something happens south of town or two things in town, somebody's got to help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you add the overdose crisis into that and there's a whole lot more traffic for yes for the ambulance. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's something to certainly look at.
1: Yeah. And it's funny you brought that up because my next question was to ask you about the new emergency services building <laughs> <laughs> because it is contentious for some people, but you've covered that topic. So, and the next question I had, and actually my last question, was about affordable housing and crime. And so we've already talked about crime, but do you think council has any... Any play in the affordable housing issue? I've been listening
0: to a few things in some of the uh, council meetings, and uh, one of them they're talking about is uh, creating a housing authority uh, where it would be uh, uh, we would provide the land, and uh, I guess through the, because we're a, a city, we have can get financing easier than a lot of places. Uh, so they're looking at doing rentals, one rental for low income. Now I think it, it we should really be concentrating on uh, affordable housing for working class people you have to be able to take pride in where you live mm-hmm. and, and look after them and uh, I think uh, like it, there used to be uh, federal money available for co-ops and uh, other uh, uh, rental units and stuff like that and the feds really cut a lot of that out um, I think they should step up to the plate and uh, provide money in that regard whether it's through a housing authority or a, a co-op because I know a number of my sister lived in a co-op in Vancouver for almost 30 years and other friends as well. And, uh, you yeah, know, they were great. You know, people helped out and uh, uh, it was affordable. Even when the prices were going through the roof in uh, in Vancouver, it was still affordable. Hmm. And I think they still are. You don't want to move out because you can't get back in.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's something r- room for that like that in, in uh, Paul River. Uh, as far as a uh, uh, more supportive housing, uh, like we have uh, near the uh, the new one across from Quality Foods, I think they need to uh, improve the uh, the management of it because uh, there is quite a few problems that I hear I have heard about recently. I wouldn't be in support of bringing another one in like that if it was going to be run the same way. You know, it's uh, we need to look after the people here and uh, help them out, but not necessarily. Give everything away for free and uh, have it not be appreciated, and uh, then cause problems for the neighbors. All
1: right. So that's all my questions, and we still have a little bit of time. So, is there anything specific that you would like to just talk about?
0: It's nice to be able to have this conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: No, thank you for coming. Yeah,
0: I appreciate it. It's a uh, it's great to be able to uh, talk. It's, it's uh, you know, for the last couple of years we've been uh, separated so much, and uh, a lot of division has happened in this our country Mm -hmm. and uh, in our town and everything like that and so it's it's nice for people to just talk and uh, realize that uh, the others the other side (laughs) (laughs) isn't a monster you know we're just all human beings trying to uh, make a make a living and have a life and uh, provide for our families and uh, be kind to one another and uh, just bring people together it would be it's so it's so nice to see this this summer the the festivals that have happened uh, and uh, like a blackberry fest i saw in one picture and it was just a sea of people again yeah it was just like we're back it was wonderful and so yeah it, it's nice to be able to have people coming together again listen to music and getting together for different festivals and uh, which is the, the one thing that i really missed about the last two years is uh being able to get together with uh people and listen to music and just hang out and laugh, and not worry about everything. And uh, it's been good. It's, it's nice that Paul River is kind of coming back to uh, coming back to normal.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I love being out in the in the outdoors at this time of year, and uh, going for hiking. And uh, limited this year because Karen can't come with me. Oh, um,
1: how is her leg doing?
0: Uh, she's still not walking. It's ten weeks now. Ouch! But uh, eventually she will. Uh, so I have to find another hiking partner for the and go check our mushroom patches.
1: There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you do a lot of mushroom picking then.
0: Fair about. Yeah. Fair, yeah. we'd usually go out every weekend and uh, go uh, go check a few patches and uh, find our chanterelles. Uh, we've never found a never found a pine that I've that I know of, mm. uh, or any of the other ones. Uh, but we've always uh, it was one of the first things we did when we first started uh, up here. We went hiking and uh, we would bring back a, b- a bag of mushrooms, and uh, Shelley Shroom Shack would. Uh, Shelly there would uh, tell us which ones were the right ones and which ones uh, to toss out and uh, what to look for. So it took us a few times, but now we're able to find the, the golden mushrooms.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for coming and, and chatting with me. And uh, this has been great and really informative. So thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you very much for having me here. And I really appreciate uh, this opportunity.
1: And that's it for this episode of Coastal Currents with Aaron Reid featuring Mr. Robin Murray. I'd like to thank Robin for taking the time to join me on the podcast and letting us get to know a little bit more about him and where he stands on the election issues. If you're looking for more information on Robin, you can find him on Facebook at Robin Murray for Council. That's R-O-B-I-N-M-U-R-R-A-Y, four is in the number four, C-O-U-N-C-I-L. Robin Murray for Council. Until next time, this is Aaron Reid.
0: Thank you for listening to Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more interviews, visit coastalcurrents.ca or follow us on Facebook at Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Thanks again for listening.